1: Welcome to another episode of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd.
2: And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. We're doing a series called American talking about the can-do spirit that is part of our American DNA.
1: Absolutely. We have had our lives completely turned upside down with this whole coronavirus stuff going on. And we've been hearing an awful lot about what we can't do in places that we can't go. But we've been interviewing uh, experts in their field About all the ways that we still can learn and grow, train and connect and expand our freedoms in ways that maybe we haven't even thought about before. And our guest today is Shelly Walters. Shelly is a wife and mother of four. She is the owner of Females with Firearms and Everything Under the Gun that both operate under four basic tenets. Life is valuable and worth protecting. Freedom is valuable and worth defending personal responsibility is you guessed it valuable and worth embracing and fourth truth is valuable and worth speaking fantastic thank you so much for being here today welcome to the show Shelly hi So we are uh, excited to have you on for multiple reasons, but one is that you wrote an article in the 2020, pardon me, edition of the USCCA Concealed Carry Magazine on the essentials of armed parenthood, which I just, I love that uh, phrasing right there, but the article is titled Toy Gun Guidelines for Safety and Play. Can you kind of walk us through the article and and some of the uh, the uh, responsibly armed ideas behind uh, how to teach children uh, even through play?
0: Sure. Um, I didn't mark mine. What page was it on?
1: No, that's fine. That's why I use these little sticky tabs right here. It is one twenty eight. I believe that says.
0: Yeah, got it. Okay, And
1: it's part of, which is really cool, um, I think it's quarterly. It's not every magazine, I don't think, but there is a women's section, and uh, that is where yours appears, and I love it because Beth Alcazar is um, a good friend, one of our DC Project ladies, and she is the editor of that part of the, the magazine.
2: So what's that mean if there's a women's section? Does that mean when a guy gets to that section, he has to stop?
1: No, actually, I think guys go to that section, I've been hearing this, they go there first. They're like, what have we been missing out on that the ladies maybe know that we don't? So it's pretty cool stuff. So um, dive, by, dive right in on that if you would, Shelly, about your article.
0: Um, well, my intention with the guidelines themselves was to establish good habits To cultivate mindfulness. That is a big deal with me and my children. Um, All of what I try to teach them is about being mindful in everything they do. Um, And to develop a healthy mental and emotional state towards firearms um, and the Second Amendment and personal responsibility. Um, The reason I ended up writing the article was because we sort of found ourselves in the middle of this. Kind of, it was like, kind of like a family reunion, uh, but with a bunch of friends. We had, we, we weren't part of the group. We just kind of woke up in the middle of it and all these other RV families were around us <laughs> and stuff like, cause we were boondocking out in the desert of Arizona. And so we're out there all by ourselves. Um, and then we woke up one morning and then an RV is there and a bunch of kids pour out. And then another RV pulls up and a bunch of kids pour out. And then the next day, another a couple of RVs. And it was suddenly a neighborhood. And I'm not kidding at the peak of it. I think there were about 30 children there at one point. And it was great. It was wonderful. And because they were all full-time families. And so they all had this in common that we don't find very often. Um, and my son, Joseph was very popular. Um, he's nine, actually, he just turned 10. Um, but he's our little soldier boy. He's head to toe camo all the time. He always has his gun. It's a very vast collection um stick guns lego guns um pieces of vehicles that we find on the road with duct tape on them anything that looks like a gun is going to become a gun (laughs) and so all these kids would come to our camp and pick up these guns Um, and what's the first thing almost every single one of them did as soon as they picked up one
1: pointed it at each other
0: they pointed it at their best friend or their sibling and pretended to pull the trigger um and i'm just sitting there watching this and i was like oh my god <laughs> and it's so many kids usually it's one or two and we go okay guys, okay guys come here these are our rules if you're going to play with us this is how you play with us if i see you break the rules i take it away but it's like all these children and my son hasn't gotten to play in forever and he's just over the moon and so mm-hmm. i'm watching and i just started writing down all of the things that we talk about as a family and we go through as a family And I was creating a course actually, um, to present to the other families, but we ran out of time. We didn't end up getting to do it. And I was like, well, Beth had asked for a couple of articles, so let's just see if I can schmooze this into an article. And that's how I ended up actually writing it. Um, I actually had watching all those kids. It reminded me in high school. Um, I had a couple of friends. Well, one was a friend. I didn't really know the other guy, but my friend got shot in the neck. Hmm. And it—he it, got shot in the neck, and it went out under his arm. Um, And he—he he was fine. He survived uh, and recovered fully. But I remember the rumors just flying through the high school of what happened because it was his best friend who shot him.
1: Mm. Oh wow!
0: Out and all this stuff. And I just sat there in the trailer, looking at all these kids playing, and thinking, "That's what happened." Mm-hmm. His friend said, "Oh, I want to show you something, you know," mm-hmm. and just. It's I don't know what is the instinct in humans that the first time they hold a gun, if they aren't trained, if they aren't prepared, they want to point it at someone they love and pull the trigger.
2: hmm Well Shelly, I, I used to be young way back, and I remember <laughs> <clears throat> uh, you know playing with toy guns and stuff. you know we we had all the guns that looked like real guns and whatever. but I read your article a couple of days ago and and I'm thinking, why do we need this? And then I realized that there are so many new guns real guns that look like toys and there are so many toys that look like real guns that if we don't teach kids how to respect all of them at an early age there's going to be a lot of accidents
0: yes absolutely um, that comes up a lot especially on females with firearms women like to trick their guns out um, many of them like to make the, I like mine black and plain but I've always been that way same
1: yeah me too
0: but uh, one of my dear friends is Sandy from Offhand Gear, Sandy Keller, and she makes beautiful handguards for rifles. Um, and then uh, I, through her, I've gotten to meet uh, Area 15 and some other Seracoders. And I mean, my son, Joey, he's, I think he's going to be a Seracoder when he grows up because he's always tricking out his guns, always taping them up and, and painting them. And, and, and people like doing that like personalizing it and then the big debate comes up over well now how do we know what's real and what's not um and I, i've got a lot of uh friends in, in law enforcement and the, the issue comes up with guns that look real that aren't and then you know if they end up shooting a kid or or someone who's pulling a fake gun but it looks real and then they get flambayed and they have to live with that guilt um and I think, as a society, if we just get used to treating all of them with respect, uh, the outcome will be far safer, and, and um, there will be less there will be less unintended consequences.
2: Right. I like that idea a lot more with education instead of taking them away from the kids, mm-hmm. because it is a part of you know.
1: Well, in the the DC project, one of our hashtags is education, not legislation. So right. it's a.
2: <laughs> same
1: kind of a thing right let's educate our kids not legislate them because like your son he will find a thing and make again one of my nephews i mean he made the most amazing uh, uh what are they called like um toilet paper roll and um uh paper towel roll you know the center core Uh, He would take those and fashion them and tape them and everything else. And he would make the most amazing looking AR-15s that are made of cardboard, you know. And uh, the people, kids will find a way. They are imaginative. And so just simply saying that's a no-no to even touch a thing that looks like that, it's never going to work. So let's educate them, right? Yes. So this article is awesome. I encourage everybody to read it. Uh, one the the first point is never assume a gun's identity based on its color, size, or accessories. And just just the phrasing is so, such a popular catchphrase these days. Don't assume identity, right? So it's like that should stick. People should get that. Um, if a gun isn't yours, don't touch it without your trusted grown ups' permission. Um, and never try to convince someone that a toy is real. Um, or a real firearm is a toy, that one right there. I mean, that, did that kind of come from your, your high school friend's experience, or where did that, that point come from?
0: From the news, um, mm-hmm. from, from articles and, and videos that have been sent to us, uh, from friend's stories, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm mostly i was thinking of of the officers i was thinking of you know every time someone had a fake gun that looked real and there were consequences for that and then the public gets all over them and it's like you really don't have time and that's the consequence the choice that person made to pretend the gun was real it was really the onus is on them that they did that and they made that choice but now it's the officer who had or the CCW holder who was defending someone or thinks they were defending someone who has to live with that Mm -hmm. consequence. Wow. So what I was thinking, I'll embrace responsibility. If we go, okay, this person made this choice, they set down on this path. They're the ones responsible for that consequence. I, I am trying to be responsible for what I know. I can only be responsible for what I know and for what I perceive. And so I'm trying to train my children. Um, And and through Females with Firearms to try to encourage people to be mindful, to be aware, to pay attention. But there's only so much you can do. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's only so many places I can look. So if I look here and I look there and I look here and it's okay to move, it's okay to drive forward and someone darts out in front of me, it's them that they did that.
1: That is so true. And I mean, that's a good perspective to keep in mind. Um, just that whole personal responsibility thing is lacking, I think, in our world these days. So um, any reminders we get are valuable. So, you know, you touched on this in uh, just telling us how all of a sudden you woke up in the middle of a neighborhood where there wasn't one the night before. Uh, you and your family, you are full-time boondock RVers. You have four kids and two parents living in a small Living space, and you homeschool your children. So you were living the hashtag quarantine life before it was cool. <laughs> so what led to you deciding to live this kind of unconventional and and I don't know if it's an unplugged lifestyle, but but where did that come from? That that both you and your husband agreed. I mean that, <laughs> that's hard enough to get one person to to think that's a great idea with four kids, but two. Talk to us about that.
0: Uh, it took a while to get him on board. He, really? he, he, yeah. He, he really wants to be comfortable and have a very conventional life. Um, a nice house with a white picket fence and a giant TV screen. <laughs> um, but I've always been drawn to the unconventional. I've always been fascinated by how people in different parts of the world live so differently. And yet if they were to live that way around us, we'd be like, oh, that's weird you know it's just always fascinated me um but uh what really started leading him along was um a series of unfortunate events in in our lives some were choices some were just kind of thrust upon us but ultimately we ended up crawling out of debt three times mm. mm-hmm. and the uh Actually, we didn't quite officially make it all the way. We ended up having to declare bankruptcy, but it's because I found ourselves in usury with two creditors who just would not work with us. No matter what I did, I kept paying and paying and paying. And eventually I realized I had paid off that debt and the initial interest, but they weren't applying it. They were—they just kept upping the interest and upping the fees and changing the, the story on me every single time. And I did exactly what they said. And I was like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And so I found- um looking into bankruptcy which I was like oh I will never do that that's a sin you know like that is awful um, I get it I, I didn't just look into how to do it or 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 the legalities of it I wanted to find the history of it that's I'm a research hound so I started looking into the history of it and I discovered that um the process of declaring bankruptcy is actually asking forgiveness mm-hmm. and I was like well I'm forgive I'm I'm familiar with forgiveness. I've been forgiven. Um, as, as a Christian, that is a huge part of my life is to live in forgiveness. And so I was like, okay, I have done absolutely everything I can. Um, I have been as responsible as I can and they're not letting me do this Mm. their part. And so I could have maybe tried suing them, but I didn't have that kind of money.
1: (laughs) Right. And they count on that. So
0: yeah. So we went ahead and and declared bankruptcy, and this was 10, 11, 12 years ago. I don't know. But at that time, we looked at each other and we promised each other no more intentional debt, no more credit cards, no loans, no intentional debt, understanding that things can happen, you know, your house can burn down, you can get in a car accident, someone could get cancer, you know, all sorts of things could could come up and, and thrust debt upon you, but we would not seek it. Um, and my husband was like, well, okay, but I'm not going to let my family be homeless. And I said, well, what if that's it? You know, w- we need to stick to our guns because if we don't, we're just, you know, it gets you little by little, mm-hmm. you know, a road's back to where you were. And so we made a really hard and fast decision to not take on any more debt and to live within our means. Mm-hmm. So this truck, our beautiful old beat up uh, Ford Excursion. Um, I call her the Leviathan because she looks like an old dragon. She's all oxidized and blue and green, and and uh, she's a bucket of bolts. But she works and she pulls through, and she's owned free and clear. We own her a hundred percent. Um, That's awesome. It is not pretty, and she's been <laughs> splattered with paintballs, which you would think is nice and colorful, but over time they just become these black splatters. Um, And and she's earned that, and uh, she's held together, but she's ours, free and clear. We own her 100%, and everything in her, we own 100%. And so that's been our goal. Um, We wanted to be able to travel more, but we need to build up more finances for that. Um, So we travel basically just here within Arizona for right now. We did make it all the way across the country to D.C., um, and dipped our toes in the ocean, like literally just dipped our toes in the ocean. It was freezing and it was a little, <laughs> <late>. <laughs> and we did that. And, and the trip back, we ran out of money and it just took a couple extra months to get back. So we said, we'll just stay in, in our area for now.
1: So you could work remotely then your work goes where you go.
0: Yes. My husband is a web developer. He mm-hmm. builds and hosts websites
1: that's fantastic and you know so much of the country over the last 2 months has taken on you know as much work as they can from a home space wherever that is and i'm pretty convinced that there's a bunch of people that are going to have to realize that they're going to have to downsize and they're probably going to have to deal with creditors and and i mean you're the american dream in that way that it's like you know that where there's a will there's a way you can find a way it may not look like the thing that you thought it was going to look like but you've got healthy healthy happy children you've got a beautiful view out your window that changes on a whim it's it's pretty amazing i kind of love it yeah it'd be fun absolutely
2: (laughs) Uh, you know i've seen you know we do estate sales and I've seen a lot of people that just say, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. And they sell everything they own that won't fit in an RV and buy an RV and that's it. And they, they don't like it here. They'll go there and they don't like it there. They'll go here. And, um,
1: well, and sometimes, and I'll let you actually get a word in here. (laughs) I'm sorry, Shelly, but you know, sometimes we get to a place where our things own us instead of us owning our things. And, um, I think that there's a real freedom, in the mindset that you and your husband have. And I'm excited for how you're raising your children because I think you're setting them up to not fall into those traps.
0: Yeah, we're we're working on it. The kids actually really wanted to do this for several years. Every prayer we had, you know, over meals and 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 friends and anything we prayed ended with, you know, it was amen and please give us an R (laughs) V. And huh?
2: That's nice. That's, that's yeah. good to kid Um in.
0: Well, when their dad came along to take on the idea. Um, first, he said, only if it's a brand new Winnebago, top of the line, all the slide outs and all this. Um, and God said, Oh, that's so cute. Mm-hmm. So um,
2: <laughs> we do that sometimes. The guys sometimes do that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> on a condition. And, yeah. then, and yeah. then God goes, Oh, watch this. Boom. <laughs>
0: So my husband's best friend at the time had a little old pop-up camper in his backyard. Have you seen those Yep. Mm-hmm. With bottom shell? And then the top is all canvas and it, and it folds out and the beds kind of slide out. Um, he's like, well, I've been trying to sell this thing and I can't even, you know, give it away. So do you want it? And so he said, sure. And you know, I have pictures of my oldest son, sewing the canvas, uh, repairing the canvas and my younger kids doing bondo on the body. and. Uh, my husband gutted out the latrine area and turned it into a, a power bank uh, with eight batteries, if I'm remembering correctly, maybe six batteries. We had a Yagi antenna. We had better internet than anybody else, way out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um, in this beat-up little camper, but we loved it. Um, and But you can't travel in that. You know, you can't pull off on the side of the road because everything you have is in there. Mm. So you always- everything has to come out in order for you to have that living space. So you really have to go camping, Mm -hmm. um, camping, then RVing. Um, but, uh, we, we did that for a while and that was really great. And then my mom got cancer and, uh, we moved back and stayed with her for a while. Um, and then when she passed away, she said, she made my husband promise to, keep this promise and and to use the money that she was giving me to get the rig and that was all we could afford (laughs) it wasn't it wasn't much but it's been home um oh the whole point the whole point of why the kids prayed for so many years by the time we got to do it uh my middle son and my daughter were in the tween stage and had friends and were like not wanting to do it anymore um, and after we had done it for a year, I, I pulled them each aside and I was like, how do you feel? What do you think about it? And at the time they said, it's not what I'm going to choose for my life. It's really hard. It's difficult. But they said, but I see how it's making me stronger and how it's making me think differently than other kids. Oh, and I wow. think that's really useful, and useful to me. Um, and So we knew they weren't going to do it, but just the other day, they were all setting up the latrine and they're just chatting and talking and laughing. And they were each talking about what kind of rig they're going to have when they leave home.
1: (laughs) I love it. That's fantastic. Um, Well, just talking about, you know, how differently it causes you and your family to interact with each other and to think about the world around you. You know, that's that is a culture. Your family has built its own culture. And there, speaking of culture, there is a huge cultural push out there to shame parents from owning guns and, you know, oh my goodness, teaching their children firearms proficiency and safety. And I'm sure that that is part of your family's culture. So, Now that millions of first-time gun owners have realized that we are all our own immediate responders, the Bloomberg-funded Moms Demand group is on overdrive to try to figure out how they are going to continue to say that guns and gun owners are bad without exposing how bigoted they are, right? Uh, In the past, they would just make us the evil and undesirable other. But since COVID, gun ownership is more we than it has ever been in decades. So what do you say to parents to help them resist that shaming?
0: Um, When we first really decided we were going to leave the conventional lifestyle, all of my friends and family, even people who had been supporting us, once it became real, were like, okay, hold on, and started sending me every article of every family who's had their kids taken away Mm. uh, who's, who's had to deal with uh, people arresting them, people making up stuff about them um, people just freaking out because that's different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not, that's different. And I really had to sit and think about it. And the thought came to me and, and has persisted with me that um, if I don't want my children to live in fear, I can't raise them with fear.
2: Mm.
0: Um, and sometimes that's really hard. I mean, we've been moved along. We've had, you know, the knocks on on the door by the authorities in the morning. You're not allowed to be here. You need to move on. Um, and I found when I answer the door with a smile and with respect, and I talk to that person like they're a human being, they instantly their their demeanor changes. It's not what they're expecting, um, and and they talk to me like I'm a human being. I think the shame game is one of humanity's favorite pastimes. You know, they shame us, we shame them, we love to, especially parents. Um, and I think that part of that is a feeling of safety. If I shame that parent enough for doing that thing, it means I'm safe. It doesn't make logical sense at all, obviously, but, but it helps our hearts. It helps us separate ourselves from them. Um, if there's a tragic accident with a child, that would never happen to me mm. because I'm I'm not like them. They're bad parents, you know. When most of the time they're good parents. Um, so I think that uh, remembering each other's humanity, considering each other's humanity, really helps with putting us in a good mindset and, and, and a good and a good place with our heart for that. Um, but the other thing that helps me helps me with shame. I mean, I said I, I know forgiveness well. I know shame well too. I still feel bad about things I did when I was five. Uh, it's <laughs> I really, I really struggle with it. There's people I wish I could go back and apologize to in junior high and high school and a couple shot shows ago, you know, like I have memories and I'm like, oh, I wish I could apologize to that person. Um, But what helps me with uh, incorrect shame is to remember who I am, Mm -hmm. to remember whose I am. Mm -hmm. And I, and as a Christian, obviously, you know, we say that all the time, remember whose we are. But even if you're not a Christian, you can remember, you know whose mom you are, whose, whose wife you are, whose daughter you are, whose friend you are. Um, and, and why you believe what you believe, why you do what you do. That's powerful. So I would say education, like we were talking about, I was thinking about the DC project when I was going through my notes and, and, um, I was thinking about educate, not legislate. And that's really a shame killer when you know the truth. Mm -hmm. And that gives you, when you know the truth really well, that gives you your margins. So you can be gracious with other people who don't know it. You don't have to be afraid of their ahas. You don't have to be afraid of their questions. You can go ahead and listen to them and meet them where they're at and let them feel valuable, treat them with value so that um, you can then communicate to them. You know, uh, moms demand action. You know, it it gives us all the cringies and when we get all upset and we're all concerned about it and, you know, Bloomberg and and all of them, they have an agenda, yes, but a lot of the troops on the ground, they're moms and they're scared and they're being taken advantage of and they're being fed a lie. They're being told this will keep you safe, but we know better and we need to see them more as hostages Mm. that we need to tell them, look. We know the truth. I totally get you. I care for our kids. Sorry.
1: It's okay. Are you there? there?
0: Mhm. My phone just went into low power mode and I thought, "Oh no, I lost them."
1: No, you're um, fine.
0: If we meet them where they're at and we connect with them and we say, "I get you. I understand. I have those feelings. I'm concerned about my children. I'm concerned about your children. I'm concerned about the whole freaking country." You know, and and you're being lied to there is a better way and we can give our children that power we can give our children the means to grow up responsible and free by teaching them from the very beginning not to be scared of anything but to have a good relationship with it that it's about respect it's about personal responsibility you cannot have freedom without those things
1: that's awesome well, we need to wrap up and let you go, especially if your phone is in low power mode. Holy cow, that's always a scary place to be. Um, please tell folks how they can read the stuff that you write, including this uh, article in the Concealed Carry Magazine titled Toy Gun Guidelines for Safety and Play, um, how they can find you online, uh, maybe learn from you, pick your brain on some things, this whole RV lifestyle or you know, females with firearms
0: parents with firearms Uh, how can people follow you well my biggest following is on females with firearms um that's on facebook i also do have a website femaleswithfirearms.com um i need to collect all of my writing that's just kind of scattered all over the place and try to get it on there uh it's not on there yet but it will be soon um and uh on on mostly i'm on facebook I have Facebook and IG. Uh, do you want me to list them all? Yeah, just real quickly.
1: I mean, at least your Females with Firearms uh, connection. Yes.
0: Females with Firearms on Facebook. The width is very important. If you say females and firearms, you're going to get a whole different thing. Please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I couldn't do Females with Firearms on Instagram, so that's everything under the gun. But that feeds into, into the Females with Firearms right now. And then um, I also have freedom of education. That's for homeschoolers and unschoolers. And really any teachers who are taking that personal responsibility within their classrooms, unique classrooms and, and different learning environments. Um, and then uh, mundane, beautiful is my photography page. And I'm missing one. Although there's the disheveled coffee house because I love coffee.
1: Um, <laughs> the Leviathan and uh, what's the other one?
0: Leviathan and Parsonage. That's our our family's uh, personal journey.
1: Absolutely. Well, awesome stuff. Awesome life. I'm so excited and encouraged uh, for your example uh, of the the whole family culture, the homeschooling that you show us that it's possible that we don't have to just mindlessly, you know, go in lockstep with what is normal. Um, we're huge Dave Ramsey fans, and you know he loves saying something like, you know, normal is boring or yeah. what is something like that. And so it's like, it's true. Be different. Um, but mindful about how you're different and you you certainly are. Thank you so much. Uh, Shelly Walters of females with firearms. Bye bye Shelly. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye.
2: That was fun. Yes. That'd be a different deal, wouldn't it? To just get up and say, okay, I'm not going to have a house anymore.
1: It's so true. So, you know, every once in a while, like we love to go to spend a few days on the ocean. Uh, California is closest to us. So we go over to California and, you know, while you're there, you get that little like, oh, what would it be like to live on the ocean, live right here on the beach? And then I'm like, you know what? I think I would get bored because my scenery would be the exact same 365 days out of the year. And so the polar opposite of that is living a lifestyle where you get to purposely choose your right. scenery to be different.
2: You know, you got me thinking there. So it's been a long time since we've been in California considering, you know, we used to go all the time. Do we have to have a passport to go there now?
1: Yeah. Maybe. Are they,
2: are they still part of the United States? I,
1: I am not sure. Some of the news stories I'm hearing out of California really shouldn't shock me because they love legislation and they love regulation, and it's so weird to me that grown adults would choose to um, live a lifestyle where they have developed such an, a permission based system.
2: They like the to you know why under. it's the it's they have an opportunity is worth more than their freedom. I think is what it is an opportunity Yeah, because there's jobs, there's big, high paying jobs there. Mm. But with that comes a cost of legislation and higher yes. taxes, higher everything. Yeah. So really when you wash it all down, is it the same, no. you know? There so I, th- I think that's why, cause I mean, I love California and there's been a couple times that we could have been persuaded to move to California. And you know what? My freedom's worth more money than that. Freedom's My freedom worth, more, worth than money, more than money. than
1: money. Yes. yes. Yeah, I agree. All right. We got to get out of here. Um, Where are we going? We are, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, we got to get out of here. We got we to do what Cheryl says. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> we've, got, we've actually got another um, interview lined up. So uh, we're not actually going anywhere, but we've got to clear a okay. deck and Right, move I got, I got to the, okay. So thank you so much to our awesome listeners. We, we value your time. We know that it is your most finite resource. And when you spend it with us and then you take these thoughts and ideas into your spheres of influence and your, uh, your dinner tables and your, wherever you go, are you, are you on the soccer field yet? Are we are we doing kids sports? Are we, I have no
2: one day you can. And it seems like the next day you can't and you got to have, we got to be six feet apart. And I don't know.
1: I know. So thank you so much because when you do take these thoughts and ideas into the conversations that you have, wherever they are, they could be virtual like a zoom, like we've been doing. Um, that's where that is the value that, that we're creating here. Um, and thank you so much to our awesome guest, Shelly Walters, for taking the time out of homeschooling four kids.
2: There's a, there's a, a example of freedom right there. You know, they, they don't have debt. Mm-hmm. They don't have, they're not locked into any place. Yeah. They're teaching their kids everything. Yeah. That's freedom.
1: That is freedom. That is liberty for sure. So, um, you know, thank you so much to to Shelly and her husband and her kids for the example they're setting, and whether you are watching this on either YouTube or GunStreamer or whether you're just listening to the audio version on gunfreedomradio.com, please be sure to go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com, and click the On Demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content all of the shows we've ever put on and click the guest tab and you can see photos and um, links and bios of all the guests we've ever had on. It is a tremendous uh, resource for people that um, they're experts in some area of guns or freedom, right? Because we are gun freedom radio. Uh, And until next time, pray for our nation and pray for our leaders
2: to pray for the nation okay got that
1: and our leaders
2: like who's our leaders
1: that is a good question yeah,
2: i mean who, that right there is the, a
1: thoughtful that is a thought-provoking
2: question is 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 nancy pelosi our leader yeah you know, yeah i, She's I somebody's. I, hear, I, I have to say probably I mean, okay well, maybe her kids but so you know all these nurses and everybody that's they're they're working their butts off, and she says, Well, I'm not gonna go in today. I'm not gonna work today. Yeah, not cool, Nancy. Yeah, that's not a leader. That's not a leader. She might be have a leader position, but she's not a leader. So what I want to know is am I praying for leaders or people that think they're leaders? What am I praying for? Yes. Okay.
1: All of them, Dan. All right. Even the ones you don't like.
2: This is gonna take me some time to think about.
1: Especially the ones you don't like. Have a great week. Be good to each other and God bless.